I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for this Monday episode of Let's Ride. It's it's a bummer. It's a bummer. But you know what? I'm going to start this show off the right way. I am an optimistic guy in life, not just with the Steelers, in life. If the worst thing that happens to you on this Monday, December the 14th, is that the Pittsburgh Steelers have looked like dog crap for the last two weeks, then consider yourself blessed. That's all I'm going to say right off the bat. If that's the worst thing that happens to you, if that's the worst part about your day, then it, your life is pretty pretty darn good. In in the grand scheme of things, when you look at 2020, there's people that are so far off, they're so worse off than that. But that doesn't mean that we as fans, and a very passionate fan base at that, can't sit here and say, there's something seriously wrong. There is something seriously wrong. And if you're not one of those people that is sitting there thinking this, then I feel like the scene in Die Hard when Bruce Willis throws the body out of the window and he hits the cop car and he finally gets their attention and he yells down, welcome to the party, pal. This has been going on for three weeks. I mean, this is the three games in 12 days stretch that everyone feared. And it has been a nightmare for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure, they finished one and two, but the way they've played has just been awful, has just been awful. So you know what I decided to do? A few episodes ago, I talked about how there were some easy fixes the Steelers could do to really help them in terms of the product on the field and winning games. Things like catch the football, you know, this was after Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron's crazy stretch of drops. Uh, things like, you know, blown coverages or adjustments, in-game adjustments. Uh, I, I went on, I did a whole segment on that. That's not going to be the show today. I'm going to put it that way. It's not going to be the show today. The show today is going to focus on how the easy fix. There is no easy fix for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I, it pains me to say this. It does. It pains me to say this. Look, this is not going to be one of those episodes where it's an epic rant. M many of you would probably love to hear that, but to me, that doesn't do any good. You know, when the season's over, when it finally finishes, that's the time that you go off and you just spout off. But now the Steelers still have stuff to play for here, folks. I mean, they're in the playoffs, like it or not. <laughs> they're in the postseason. But to think that there's an easy fix for this team, well, that's just not that's just not in the cards. Not at all. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to go through, and this is not going to be an excuse-making session either. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, this, that, the other. These are going to be facts. Facts about the Steelers that you're looking at it and saying, well, this, this makes it very challenging. Very challenging. 
So let's let's go over this. How, there is no easy fix. So let me dive into this. It starts off with injuries. Every team in the NFL is hurt. I know this. I heard. Trust me. I, I stated this on Twitter yesterday after the game and said, you know, they're a banged up group. And then you always get those uh, people that say, well, every team is dealing with injuries. Yeah, I know that every team is dealing with injuries. But the boy, the Steelers have gotten injuries. It seems like to specific positions. When you think about inside linebacker, Devin Bush goes down, Robert Spillane fills in, and then Robert Spillane gets hurt. Then Vince Williams is on the COVID list. And so then you're throwing Avery Williamson and Marcus Allen and any other uh, Ulysses Gilbert, the third was out there and he had already been hurt this season. And then you, now you look at offensive guard, Matt Filer, it would injures his pectoral. We have no idea at this time, the severity of the injury. And then Dotson comes in and there's a lot of people, including some people on our staff that were saying, yes, finally we get to see Kevin Dotson in there at guard. Maybe they'll get to run the ball. And they did run the ball better with him in the lineup. And then he goes out with a pectoral injury and you're oh my gosh. Now JC Hassenauer's in there and you're wondering what the what their hex jukes a core for went out at some point during the game on Sunday night football. So did Alex Highsmith. The one thing that everyone wants to talk about, things like adjustments, things like we need to overhaul this, overhaul that. And that's a word you're gonna hear me use as well. But it's going to be tough when you have a revolving door at certain positions, especially when you're talking about the offensive line and the key cog of the defense being inside linebacker. So the injuries, that's the number one reason why the Steelers, there is no easy fix for this team moving forward. It, it isn't. That doesn't mean it's, it's, I'm not suggesting that the Steelers are beyond repair. What I'm saying is that it's not going to be simple. Anyone that tells you it is, they're fooling themselves. Let's go to the next one. There is an overhaul needed. Okay, there is an overhaul needed, but it just, it, this is not going to be an overnight thing. When you look at the fact that the Steelers run game, they they cannot do anything from a system standpoint in the run game. And I mean, they can't do anything. Someone said it on Twitter. I wish I knew who it was. I'd give them credit, but I don't remember. They said the only time the Steelers get anything positive out of the run game is when it's complete improvisation. It's when James Conner gets the handoff, runs to the right. There is nothing but a wall. He reverses his field and gains three yards. That's not a designed run. That is complete improvisation. And that is the state of the Steelers right now, especially in the run game. 100% improvisation. And I think that you're getting to the point now, and this is what's really scary, is that the passing game is even turning into that as well. The passing game is turning into Roethlisberger doing the no huddle, telling players where to go, what to do. There's no systematic movement of the ball on offense. That is not a recipe for success. It just is not. And yet people can talk about, oh, Terry Bradshaw used to call his own plays. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw would call run plays a lot, and he would make sure that he'd design things a certain way. I just don't know if the overhaul that's necessary can happen with an offensive line that's as banged up as they are. And with the fact that it looks like the Steelers are just incapable of having any type of deep passing game, period, period. We'll talk about that deep passing game in a second, but still we know as fans that, the, that an overhaul is necessary. But the question then becomes, can it happen? And I don't know if it can. I just don't know if it can. There's just so many different variables here with injuries and with the fact that for whatever reason, 
and this happened before those injuries happened, it just looks like the Steelers can not run the football. And when you become a one-dimensional team, and that one dimension is those short passes, well, a defense is going to sit down, they're going to load the box, and they're going to say, all right, you want to throw it short? That's fine. We're going to tackle the catch, and we're going to stop the run of the process. We're going to dare you to burn us deep. And the Steelers haven't proven to do that yet. What does that just remind you of? What I just described, what does that remind you of? 2019. That's exactly what it reminds you of. Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. They can't burn you deep, so we're just going to load the box. Anything you try to check down is going to be tackled for little to no gain, and we're going to get off the field on third down. That's what it sounds like. There's an overhaul necessary, but can they get it done? I am skeptical. We'll put it that way. Is is the offensive issues, and let's be honest, we're talking about the offense here. Are these issues Ben Roethlisberger? Is it Ben? My first question is, is how do you go? Ben Roethlisberger, from being an MVP candidate, people saying he's definitely going to get votes this year, to now he's washed up and he's done in the matter of three weeks. How does that happen? How does that happen? Did something happen? Did I miss something? Did I slip into a coma and completely miss a, a key juncture of this season? I don't think so. I don't think I did. No, I didn't. So how does this happen? How does this house of cards completely come falling down? Well, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think that this Steelers offense, and especially the offensive line, is currently being exposed. And how so? I think that what they're doing is they've never been able to run the ball that well. They use the spread offense to run the ball early in the season, and it was effective. Why? Because teams were still worried about the deep threat. The deep threat's just not there anymore. So when the deep threat's not there, they're going to load the box like I just talked about as we talked about the overhaul uh, just a few minutes ago. But now all of a sudden, everyone talks about, myself included, how the offensive line does such a great job. They've only given up 11 sacks this season, so they have done a good job in pass protection. But Roethlisberger's not holding onto the ball very long. We know that. That's well documented. Two point whatever seconds, he's in and out of his hands. The problem is, is that I feel like now you're looking at the Steelers from an offensive standpoint, and they're being exposed to the point where you're saying, okay, the Steelers are trying to move the ball the way they had, but teams are now sitting on it. They're waiting for it, and they have no alternatives. They have no alternatives. Roethlisberger, I don't know if the offensive line can give him time when he needs to actually drop back and hold onto the ball a little bit longer. I'm not sure if this offensive line is that good. Maybe that's the group that's being exposed here. So we have to think about that. We have to think about that as well. But is it all Ben? Is his arm strength an issue? I don't know. I don't think so. I feel like he still puts some zip on the ball. I still feel like he has the deep ball. Does the accuracy there? Nah, no. But at the same time, I'm not sure that's an arm strength question. Is it his decision making? I don't think so either. I mean, yeah, he threw the third down pass that was picked off and returned for a touchdown. That pick six changed the entire game, and that was bad, period. But I I think that his decision-making has been pretty good this season. Pretty good. Ben Roethlisberger is part of the problem. I want to say that very clearly. Ben Roethlisberger is part of the problem. Is he the only problem? No. Is he the problem? No. He's one of many problems the Steelers face as they come off of these last two losses. So is it Ben? Sure. Yeah, a lot of it is Ben. 
Is it all Ben? No, it's not all Ben. Trust me, it's not all Ben. Last one here, coaching. We have to talk about the coaching. Why? Because coaching does matter. Even in the National Football League, coaching matters. From top down, it matters. So now you have a situation where you waited, and I say you, I'm talking about Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin waited until Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron literally dropped away points, essentially. They they, they did everything under the sun in terms of dropping balls. He waited two weeks until he finally said, okay, you guys are going to have a seat. He benched Deontay Johnson in the first quarter, and he had him sit the rest of the first half. And then Deontay Johnson came back on the field and played. He played okay in the second half when given the opportunities. The top down is, I, I, this is where Mike Tomlin, again, you talk about Ben Roethlisberger going from MVP to now, is he washed up and done? Mike Tomlin went from front runner as the coach of the year to now people are saying, what in the heck's going on in Pittsburgh? It's only been two games. I get it. But it's technically been a lot more than that. At least three going back to that Ravens game on Wednesday. So you're looking at the coaching, but also the adjustments. Okay, so the, the Buffalo Bills in the first half did nothing offensively. Nothing. The Steelers had an answer for everything they were trying to do. And the fact that they went into the halftime trailing had to be absolutely disheartening to that defense. You go out there and you hold that offense to three points. And then somehow you're going into the half trailing. That's disheartening. But on top of that, so the Bills come out in the second half, and they're definitely doing something different with Stefan Diggs. Now, Jeff, Jeffrey Benedict of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, he said, his words on mine, but I trust his judgment here, that the only adjustment the Bills made in the second half was they moved Diggs to the other side. So they got him away from Nelson and put him on Cam Sutton. Now, Nelson was covering Diggs on a couple occasions in the second half, so it wasn't as clear-cut as that. But still, where's the adjustment from the Steelers then? That's what I want to know. Where's the adjustment of, okay, if that's what they're going to do, Nelson, we're gonna, we're, you're going to follow him. You're going to have to follow him because we, right now Cam Sutton's getting burnt. He's getting burnt, so we need you to follow him. These, this is one of the adjustments that makes you scratch your head and makes you wonder why. You're watching Stefan Diggs by himself catch 10 balls for over 130 yards and a touchdown. At what point are you going to say, we got to do something to stop him? Period. Offensive adjustments? Goodness gracious, I don't have enough time in this podcast to talk about that. They, they literally could just go, I could go on and on about how it's predictable. It's now to the point where, and, and let me also say, you know, when I talk about predictability, is anyone else. Raise your hand if you're stunned that this is the very first time Ben Roethlisberger's thrown a pick six this season. I am absolutely stunned. Why? Because, my gosh, they throw these little out routes so often, it's just amazing that no one's jumped one and, and taken it back to the house yet. It's it's a dangerous play, and they got burnt. But still, going back to Feetner, everyone wants to hate Randy Feetner. I, to me, you want to put the hate on Randy Feetner, you have to put the hate on Ben Roethlisberger as well. I'd say it's at least 60-40, if not 50-50, those two guys in terms of blame. It is not all on Randy Feetner. you got to put some onus on Ben Roethlisberger. And for those that are out there saying, well, Matt Canada, he let's run his offense. That's not going to happen until Ben Roethlisberger's done. Whenever that is, however that happens, 
Ben Roethlisberger will not run a Matt Canada style offense. He just, he won't ever buy into the motions, the RPOs. And I don't know, he's not the quarterback for that offense anyways. He isn't, he just isn't. He's more of a traditional standard quarterback. He's not the RPO guy that's used to reading the tackle and, and taking the ball and put, putting it in the belly and taking it out of the running back and then throwing a pass. That's just not him. So if maybe Matt Canada is being groomed to be the next offensive coordinator, but that quarterback that he's going to have is not Ben Roethlisberger. It's just not going to happen. So coaching is an issue. Coaching needs to be better. Mike Tomlin will give you all the, all this, that, and the other. You know, he'll, he'll tell you everything in his press conference on Tuesday that we have to be better. Yeah, yeah whatever. You got to show it. You got to show it. Put it out there. Finish this up with this. We just went through all the all the things that can go wrong and how this is not going to be an easy fix for the Steelers. But can they fix it? That's the question. That is the question. Can they fix it? When you look at what's coming up, and a lot rides on Monday Night Football tonight between the Ravens and the Browns, by the way. If they can lock up the division, and if they lock up the division... That week 17 game doesn't mean anything, and they can give some guys some rest. You can see the wear and tear on the bodies for the Steelers. It, you know, there, there's so much has been adjusted this season, whether it's their bye week getting bumped up, you know, the the fact that they've been they've had games rescheduled a bunch. You see it in Cam Hayward, you see it in TJ Watt, you see it in Ben Roethlisberger, uh, the offensive lineman. I mean, they, you get worn down. You just get worn down. So can they fix it? If they can get that buy, if they can get that, uh, I say buy, I don't think they're going to get the buy. But if they can get everything locked up, and that week 17 game for them means nothing, and they can just throw Mason Rudolph out there and give Ben the week off, then I think they can fix it. But if for some reason that week 17 game means something, and they have to play all the way up until the final bell, and all of a sudden, I can just see them limping into the postseason and being one and done. The Steelers can fix it, but I just don't know how fast they can get it done. Are the Bengals going to be the perfect elixir in week 15 on Monday Night Football? Possibly. It's happened before. They did that earlier this season when they had played kind of eh, not so not too great, and they came out and beat up on Cincinnati, and that seemed to be a good, a good fix for them. But still, I'm not sure if they can fix it in this time. They really don't have any option. What they're putting out on the field right now is definitely not good enough. We all see that with our own two eyes. Can they fix it? We'll see. When we come back after this break, I'm going to talk about winners and losers. I'm going to finish up with a little uh, a little segment about the Steelers going into the postseason. Stay tuned. Here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of this Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride podcast. I'm sitting here. I've got my coffee. I'm looking out the window. A big, giant snowflakes coming down. What a beautiful scene here in the Mid-Atlantic for this December day. And if the Steelers didn't stink right now, it would be even better. But, you know, they're coming off of a really ugly win. And as I always do, winners and losers time. Winners and losers. I I guess, honestly, I couldn't write about this game too much. I was thinking about this, and we did our post-game podcast podcast late last night. I'm shocked I stayed awake for it. And I was the host of the show. (laughs) So take that for what it's worth. (laughs) I hope the product wasn't that bad. But still... um, I'm sitting here on the, I just can't write a lot about this game. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over over and over again. So I came up with three winners and six losers after the Steelers 26 to 15 loss to the bills in week 14. So let's start with the winners. I'm going to start off with James Washington, three catches for 29 yards and 9.7 average and a touchdown. Again, set it down for like the last five weeks. Washington does not get the targets that Deontay Johnson or Juju Smith Schuster does, but he does makes plays. He's a guy that should see more repetitions for some reason, they, they struggle in certain areas to get him on the field. And when they do get him on the field, he's not always, you know, you think about like the pass of Ben Roethlisberger was a third down where they, they, it was an interception, the, the late game interception. It, you, James Washington is kind of an enigma to me, but he makes plays when it, when it comes down to it, period. So good for James Washington. He's been playing great the last few weeks. He deserves more playing time. Next winner, the sack streak. They got to they got to him once. They got to Josh Allen one time. The that seventy games that is insane to me. Seventy regular season games with a sack. The Pittsburgh Steelers surpassed the early two thousand Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Mike Tomlin was helping coach, by the way. And they have a new NFL record with seventy games with a sack. You think that that's probably going to go to seventy one as they go up against Cincinnati, who struggles. Um, the, the biggest test, in my opinion, will be when the Colts come to Heinz Field because the Indianapolis Colts are right above the Steelers in terms of sacks allowed. The Steelers are the best with now 11. I think the Colts were at 12 or 14 around there. They don't give up a lot of pressure to Phillip Rivers. It'll be tough to see if the Steelers can get to him. That might be that might be one to watch in case of th- maybe this streak gets snapped. Next winner and the final winner, Juju Smith-Schuster, six catches for 55 yards, 9.2 average, and a touchdown. A lot of people are making a lot of to-do about him going to the Buffalo Bills logo and doing a dance on it. I could care less about that stuff. Um, it, it's more about can you go out and perform. And Juju Smith-Schuster has gone out, and he has gotten the tough yards. He is the heart and soul of this offense, as it turns out. Ben Roethlisberger is Ben's never been that guy for the Steelers. And so I look at Juju Smith-Schuster. He's the heart and soul of this offense, and he deserves to be on the winner's column. Let's go to the losers. Deontay Johnson, he tops my losers because four catches, 40 yards, 10-yard average sounds great. Seven targets, but he had two glaring drops early in the game. And you could see that Ben Roethlisberger was making attempts to get it to him. And even after the first drop, he went right back to him because that's the way Ben does it. Ben's going to be, hey, I'm going to come right back to you. Get ready. And he dropped the ball again, and then obviously Mike Tomlin benched him. So at this juncture, Deontay Johnson is like a roller coaster. He is like a roller coaster. You never know the peaks and valleys with this guy because for every drop, he also makes a play that is electrifying. And so that's it's just 
I guess it comes with the territory. Next loser, Ben Roethlisberger finishes 21 of 37, 187 yards, 5.1 average, two touchdowns, two interceptions, was sacked once for a 65.9 rating. This is this is the danger you have. When you have an offense that is built like this, when you have an offense that the Pittsburgh Steelers put everything into Ben Roethlisberger's basket, if he doesn't play his very best game, this is what you get. And I've avoided putting Ben on the losers list for a couple weeks now, but not this week. His play was just not good enough. Just not good enough. So Ben Roethlisberger's on the losers list. Next up, Mike Tomlin. Because like I said earlier, it falls on the coaching staff. The coaches have to put the players in the best position to win, period. And I got to say that I don't think Mike Tomlin and his staff have done that. Not, not recently. I do think that Mike Tomlin's still a great coach. No, I'm not calling for him to be fired. But when you when you play well and when you or everyone's talking about coach of the year, that's all great. But when you don't do the job and you don't get it done, then you deserve criticism as well. And so Mike Tomlin needs to be better. His coaching staff needs to be better. It falls on the coaches as much as it does the players. So Mike Tomlin's on the losers list. Next loser, Ray Ray McLeod. This game started poorly because of Ray Ray McLeod. Ray Ray McLeod takes the opening kickoff about three yards, four yards deep in his own end zone. And instead of just kneeling it, which it seemed like 10 other players wanted to do, he decides to bring it out and he gets tackled around the 10 yard line. You compound that with Deontay Johnson's drop on first down and and the the start of the game could not have been worse for the Steelers offense. And on top of Ray Ray McLeod bringing the ball out of the end zone, where's Ray Ray McLeod been the last few weeks in terms of making smart plays, but also really challenging. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like he's setting the, the returns up well on punt returns. He's not, confident he's fair catching some kicks where you're thinking okay this could be a returnable kick i don't know what's happened to ray ray mcleod but he needs to get it straight because they need him to be dynamic back there and he hasn't been the last few weeks next loser the running game i could just keep this in here every single week it seems like 17 carries 47 yards a 2.8 yard average just awful just awful and it's not it's everyone it's the offensive line it's the running backs it's everyone period just awful don't even want to talk about it that much anymore and the last loser the third down offense i honestly didn't even realize this until i looked at the box score after the game the pittsburgh steelers were one for ten on third down offense that is atrocious how can you expect to win any football game when you can't convert on third down now they did finish two for two in the red zone That'll bump up their uh, red zone percentage on the road, which is shockingly, it's going to be probably around 78% now. But my goodness, third down offense, this has been an issue for a long time, not just this last three games. It's been an issue for a long time. They just cannot convert. And it's just it seems like it's a different story every single week. Maybe it's a drops one week. Maybe it's not ability to convert on third and short. Whatever the case is, the Steelers offense is struggling from top to bottom. So that's my winners and losers column. Like I said, I I kept it shorter than I normally did. I could have had a losers column that was about as long as, I don't know, the 95 theses from Martin Luther that he nailed to the door, the church door. But still, I decided to keep it simple because I, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. We'll put it that way. We'll put it that way. Let's finish this episode, though. And I like to finish on a positive. And I'm not saying that this is going to be a positive because a lot of people might hear me say that and think, Jeff, how can you talk about anything positive right now with this team? I understand that 
from a fundamental standpoint, no, there really isn't anything positive to, to bring up with the Steelers right now. But the one thing that you have to understand is that the Steelers are already into the playoffs. Okay, this is not going to be a fold like a cheap lawn chair and you miss the playoffs. It's not going to be that situation. The Pittsburgh Steelers, have are they backpedaling in? Yeah, that's obvious. But at the same time, I look at this team and say, you're already in. Do you want to win the division? Yes, of course you want to win the division. Do you want to host a playoff game? Yes, of course you want to host a playoff game. But you're already in, and now it's the time to figure it out so that you and, and let's be honest, they have three games left. That is still time for them to kind of figure out, okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna patch this thing together, this is what we got to do. You know, that this is like what the, the, I think about the Flex Seal commercial where the guy takes the Flex Seal tape and puts it over the boat and he's he's in the middle of a, I don't know, it looks like a pool on a boat. And if, maybe they need, just need some Flex Seal, slap it on this thing and say, okay, this is how we're going to make it operate because this is what we have to do to, to win football games. And maybe that means that on defense, they have to think outside the box. Maybe it means more Marcus Allen. I thought he played well uh, on Sunday night. He definitely wasn't a detriment, I'll put it that way. Maybe on offense, they, they need to say, Ben, I, I hate to tell you this, man, but we're going to need you under center. You, you're gonna, we're going to have to kind of go back to that. We, we can't be in shotgun. We can't be in empty formations the whole time. Like, let's, let's, let's flex seal the heck out of this offense and let's figure it out because we have three games to get it right. Three games to get it right. And can this team get hot? I absolutely think they can get hot. We saw them average 30 points a game earlier this season. I absolutely think that these things can be fixed. But like I said at the beginning of the show, there is no easy fix. It's going to take Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, Randy Feetner, Matt Canada, anyone else that you can think of to literally say, ego aside, I'll do whatever it takes. That's what it's going to take. Ego aside, I'll do whatever it takes. If it means that I have to do jet sweep after jet sweep, if it means that I have to be under center and we have to run the ball with Derek Watt and I have to play action pass my way to move the ball down the field, then so be it. If it means that Deontay Johnson has to get benched more, so be it. The Steelers are in, folks. They're already in. So now it's time to figure it out. Flex seal the crap out of this team is what I say. Figure out what you got to do to keep this ship afloat long enough so that you get into the dance and you're playing some good football. There need to be changes, and they've got to get their egos out of the way. Okay, Ben, you might not like being under center and having Derek Watt right behind you, but you know what? We got to figure something out. We have to figure something out. So the Steelers are going to have, for the first time in a long time, a, a regular week this week. They play on Monday night next week. They're going to have an extra day off. They are going to have an opportunity to really figure things out and say, okay, this is this might be our best chance moving forward. I don't know, I don't know what they're going to do. I have my reservations for sure. But the Steelers, holy cow, it cannot keep going like this. It cannot keep going like this, or else we might as well just go ahead and make plans for the third week of January because they're not going to be playing football. Period. So there you have it, folks. If you were hoping for more vitriol, for more anger, for more yelling and screaming, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I let you down. But ultimately, I look at this and say, we need to take, and I say we as in fans, we need to take an analytical 
view here. I try not to be the knee jerk guy. That's last night. That was the post game show. You knee jerk the heck out of it. You talk about what's frustrating you, but now today when you've let this digest a little bit, what are they going to do moving forward? That's what we tried to do. I hope you enjoyed this show. Not fun. It's not fun to talk about losses like this. And especially it's not just a loss, by the way, it's also, it's how they're losing. You know, if they lose a game and it comes down to the wire and it was a really great game and it was fun to watch and highly contested, fans aren't going to be that upset. When they look like absolute dog crap, that's when fans get upset. There there you go. All right, that's a show. Let's put a bow on this one. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all stick around. Don't go anywhere just because this team's losing. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should still be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And also... Our audio platform is going to continue to churn out content, whether it's my Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Let's Ride that you're listening to right now, whether it's the Mike Tomlin postgame press conference, the live mic on Tuesday morning, the Steelers Stat Geek on Thursday morning, and all of our PM content. Make sure you check us out anywhere where you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, that's it. I will be back on Wednesday to kind of turn the page from this game Look ahead to the next game. Maybe we'll have some news by then. Well, we'll see. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. As I always finish it, be kind, be safe, and God bless. Go Steelers. Here we go.